It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for EP206 of Lax Class. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminara with you this week as Tino, a little uh, a little under the weather this week, Tino Farah. So it's just uh, myself and Evan. Evan, how's it going? Doing well, doing well. And you know what? I just got, uh, I'm, of course, 10 minutes late for the taping because mm. I came out of one of the most interesting meetings I've had in a very long time. Uh, it was something else, to say the least. Do tell what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, as part of our growth strategy for our business and whatnot, we're looking for opportunities to for ways to do a better way of recruiting and find new opportunities, but, you know, increase our diversity and things like that. And, you know, I reached out to an institution and employers will tell you this, write this down because this will be something that's phenomenal for you. We went to this, it's SIT, Saskatchewan Indian Institute of Technology. So it's a it's a tech school that is very focused on First Nations, although they have students of all backgrounds. And we went there to see how we could partner up with, you know, uh, you know, with them to, you know, uh, you know, attract students. And they showed us the tools that they have. And this thing is far more advanced than any educational institute I've ever talked to. And you know, it it looks very promising for us. And when you talk about, you know, the uh, steps to reconciliations, whatnot, the, uh, you know, the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission, one of the things is, in, you know, things we talk about, is inclusion, opportunities, what have you. If you're an employer, I don't care if you're in Saskatchewan or you're anywhere in Canada, get a hold of these guys because I think you might be very impressed with what they've got available and the talent you might be able to find through them. Oh, well, that's good news, man. Uh, glad to hear things are, are on the, the up and up. And uh, we should probably tell people what we got on the show here today. Uh, NLL season previews continuing, of course. And we couldn't get them last week. We got them this week. Head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Wings, Paul Day, will join us in quarter number three. We got uh, the GM of the New York Riptide. I don't know how many championships this guy has, Evan. I think it's like 10 or 11 <laughs> NLL titles alone. The man they call Scoop, Jim Veltman, will join us in quarter number two. He needs a scoop for all his championship rings at this stage. Yeah, he needs like a big old bucket for all <laughs> those things. Uh, so Jimmy V in quarter two, Paul Day quarter three. Locks, class locks in quarter number four. I might just take that quarter off, Evan. I've not been feeling things as of late, and uh, picked didn't come in last week, and I just I was ready to just fold it up for locks, class locks, just because I'm just so dejected on way things have been going lately. I just think I kind of need a break away. So going to leave the parlay up to you this week, and, uh, well, we'll talk about it in quarter four. I'll let you little handle things there. <laughs> Here in quarter number one, we like to do a little thing called the Big Focus. 
big focus big focus focus another than a big focus focus big focus big focus big focus big focus this week evan and i got passed along this news it's um well disturbing news really with the canada summer games announcing their sport inclusion for the upcoming well next year's 2023 i believe yeah seven for the canada games in 2023 and it just so happens that lacrosse left off of the canada games roster <clears throat> excuse me and a lot of people are upset about this i'm one of them evan to have the canada summer games and to not have your national summer sport as part of those games is is just mind-boggling on on that decision to pull across when they had just reintroduced it now i have been kind of passed along this statement from the canada games and i don't know if a lot of people have seen this yet or not including you evan i have yep so i want to just read this off verbatim we have seen and appreciate your questions about the absence of a few sports, notably lacrosse, on the sport program for the 2025 Canada Summer Games. Lacrosse was added to the 2022 Games as a pilot program with a vision to increase Indigenous participation in the Games. Thanks to leadership from the Six Nations of the Grand River, together with the G- CGC 22 host society in the Canadian Lacrosse Association, Lacrosse Canada, the addition of the sport was made possible with additional funding support. I think that's the important sentence in that whole paragraph right there. The pilot project is currently being formally formally evaluated against core objectives by Canada Summer Games stakeholders. The evaluation is taking place independent of the standard sports selection process. Following the review, recommendations will be considered for future Canada Games, including 2025. The CGC is committed to Indigenous inclusion in the Canada Games, both on and off the field of play. So it sounds like to me, Evan, that one, they've heard the uproar from lacrosse people about lacrosse being reintroduced to the Canada Games. I, I want to say since the first time since the 80s which blows my mind in in the first place. But then to have it there and then to yank it away again, people are not happy about this, and, and they have heard them. But I guess the other part is that there was additional funding which allowed lacrosse to be included in these past summer games. But now they're going to take it all under advisement, and the potential for lacrosse to be back, it looks like, in 2025 is is there. They're going to talk about this and, and hopefully try and find a way to right a wrong. I have a hard time swallowing a lot of what's in this statement. I'm going to be honest with you. Now, first off, when you look at the roster of sport, most of these sports are Olympic events. Baseball, not one of them. Baseball was a one-off for twenty for the 2020 Olympic Games. But the fact of the matter is, 2025 is actually the next game. 2028, lacrosse is likely in the Olympics. So first off, when you're having a development program for Olympic sports, for the most part, shouldn't you be focusing on, you know, Olympic sports? You know, softball and baseball are on here. Sure, whatever. But the thing about it is, I think one of the sports in here that was questioned was, 
you know, artistic swimming and whatnot. And it's like, why? It's our national sport, sport, Evan. Like yeah, that, and, that's. And, and we shouldn't need additional funding for this. Because here's the fact. This game is hot, heavily subsidized by federal government dollars. Mm-hmm. If the national sport, the sport that the government has deemed to be our national sport, is not in the Canada Summer Games, the question is, why is all this government funding going there? And if now there's the potential that the plug is being pulled on Indigenous engagement, well, I think there's certain cabinet ministers or certain MPs that might want to know about it. For those lacrosse fans that are even more concerned about this, start writing your MPs. Start writing ministers. Yeah, I just... and start to see maybe there's a difference because if if they're trying to hinge this on, well, we're going to do it if there's more money. Yeah, sorry, that's not acceptable. No, it's not. And and I think they're they're just trying to cover their tracks here a little bit. I I think they realize they've made a huge mistake, especially with you know the indigenous movement right now. Evan to to pull this is. <laughs> is a bad, bad step on the Canada Summer Games. And and I think they are backtracking now and are going to do whatever they can to make it right and get lacrosse back in there. Funding, no funding, make it happen because it's the right thing to do. It's our national sport. This is the Canada Summer Game. If there's any sport that should be in there, it's lacrosse and hockey. Those are our two national sports. I should only think hockey's the although hockey of course in the winter games, but seriously it, though, it, it, like it's, I, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. So I, I I hope I hope things get straightened out. But I wanted to just also say Colleen Grimes put out a tweet and I retweeted it. So if you want to find it, go to PXP for sports on Twitter and it's on my timeline. But she said, you know, if you're upset about this, you know, it's one thing to post on social media and, and, you know, bitch and moan, but it's another to, like you said, Evan, get in contact with your MPs and your counselors and your mayors and everything else that you can. And she listed a bunch of emails in the tweet on people that need to be contacted to make this right. So check that out on my Twitter and and take advantage of that. Yeah, it, it's just, it, it just blows my mind. I, I can't see... And what I think blows my mind even more is they've announced a full roster of sports. Yeah. But to now tell us, well, that's not actually our full roster of sports. It's like, come on. And not to disrespect any of the sports that are on there, but to, you know, have some of those sports and not have lacrosse. It's just, it's a joke. Yeah, we're not saying boot one sport to put lacrosse in. It's just like. There's yeah. one more you need to add. Yeah. All right. Big focus is done. We're gonna keep things tight here on EP two oh six this week, Evan, just because I'm mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just not feeling it this week. I'm just gonna be honest with the people here. So tight opening quarter, and uh we will continue to do so. We got Jim Veltman of the New York Riptide. GM, how are the Rip Guide gonna do this year? We're about to find out. Jim Veltman on the other side, quarter two, lax class, back after this. This is Keegan Ball from the Bank River Warriors. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and boxing. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into second quarter action here. I forgot to mention Rycourt Construction. Usually Tino tips me off on that, Evan. He's not here. You forgot. I forgot. Rycourt Construction, they make it stand out. You know the deal. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, interior, exterior, renovations. They do it all. RyCorConstruction.ca. 
Um, NLL season previews continuing here. They are brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Check out stampede.ca where it's still shopping local for Canada's biggest selection of Wrangler jeans. Wrangler jeans, man. They are some comfy, comfy jeans. You can get them at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. They're out there in Cloverdale. They've been there forever. Or you can uh, shop online. New Blundstone boots are out there as well. Uh, back on the podcast, it is the GM of the New York Riptide, Jim Veltman. Jim, welcome back. Uh, how are things? Thanks. Yeah, no, things are well. Everything's good. And uh, when you mentioned Wrangler jeans, that was interesting. Because, yeah, I, I think I had a pair of Wrangler jeans before. I bet. Uh, showing off those legs of yours and those tight boot fit uh, Wranglers, Jimmy. Um Hey, listen, uh, we're going to talk a lot about the New York Riptide here and what fans can expect for the upcoming season. But maybe I'll start here. Uh, is is this Jeff Teat guy going to work out? Like, is he going to pan out for you or what? Well, at the pace he's going at, especially that first year, I mean, it was kind of surprising that he hit 100 points already. Uh, there was just so much expectations going in, and... He seemed to meet them. He's uh, he's a special player, that's for sure. And he missed a couple of games. Like, I wonder what the totals would have been if he had played all 18, Jim. Like, I, records would have been shattered. Yeah, I think he even had a slow start, to be honest. And then uh, all of a sudden he got hot. And um, when a kid like that gets hot, uh, just the points just keep piling up. He's just one of those guys that's kind of in on every play. And he doesn't even mean to be. It's not like he's demanding the ball or anything like that. So... It's kind of a treat, really, to watch him every night that I get to. So when you're building a team like the Riptide, how much does it now play into how well is this player going to mesh with Jeff Teat? Well, you know, that's really important to us, which uh, I don't know if we're going to get into it or not, but you guys are going to ask me about the trade. We picked up Riley O'Connor. They're friends, uh, best buddies at the Hill for a couple of years there while Jeff was working there. I know... Riley has since left, but uh, they're still really good friends. And uh, that was a big piece for us. I mean, to, to get a good friend of Jeff's who feels like he can, um, you know, play with and just, you know, communicate with really well already off the field. Uh, we think Riley is going to be a good mentor for Jeff. Um, and we don't want to just say, hey, Jeff, you just got to get, you know, you get to do everything. We do have to support him. We do have to surround them with good talent. And everybody kind of thought that was going to be Tyson Gibson with the success that they had in junior in, in Brampton. And, and it just didn't quite work out. And you need to move some pieces around. You get Digby back in the mix. And that trade you just mentioned with, with McArdle being being moved out, was that just a case, Jim, where you, you started to look at your left side and, and Lomas coming back off an injury looked really good? Larson Sundown, I think, has really progressed nicely and, and maybe a little quicker than you might expect it. And it just kind of put McArdle in a spot where, like, was he going to play offense? Was he going to play defense? You need to get some other things happening. And, and that deal just kind of came about in that regard. Well, it came about in that regard. I mean, you mentioned the Gibson deal, and it goes back to then, right? Um, I don't know if you remember, but the trade deadline, we picked up two lefty D guys in Brent Noseworthy and uh, Ron John. Um so there's a couple extra lefty D guys that we had, uh, which, you know, now is McCardo going to play D? Probably not ahead of those guys. Um, so Kieran is, you know, strictly offensive player. Talked to him at the end of the year. He prefers offense. And, hey, that's what he's played all his life. So that's what he's comfortable doing. He was a good team guy and said, I'll play where you need me. But in the end, we felt that 
you know, Karen, Dan Lomas were a similar player. Sundown, you know, brings that jam where he's just always bouncing off bodies and stuff. And then we wanted to add a bit of veteran, you know, leadership. Not that Karen's not that, but I wouldn't say Karen's a natural um, guy who's, you know, going to interrupt the practice and say, hey, no, we got to do it this way. He's more of a lead by example guy. Uh, where Riley O'Connor, we feel with his coaching pedigree as well, um, we felt he was the right guy to have with those young lefties on that side and Teat and Sundown. And Lomas, to be honest, hasn't played a lot of years. I mean, he had some good years in the last few, but before that, he didn't have a lot of NLL experience. So bringing in Riley kind of provides that side with that experience. In terms of goaltending, you're, you probably have one of the least experienced goaltenders in the league with, in terms of your your combination, the number of minutes played, but yet you're coming back this season with the same combination. So you, you must have a comfort level that these guys can get the job done. Yeah, we do, especially Orly. He, he really showed us, you know, in the first five games, we were kind of splitting between the two. Uh, we did, you know, say at the beginning of the year that um, we were going to split. I think you said it right here on this was... podcast, Jim. I think that, you know, you, you were very public about that, that both guys were going to get equal opportunity. That's right. And then Orly seemed to just run with it. And uh, Goa was, you know, he could see it too. I mean, we had conversations with him as well as it was happening. And he said, no, I, I get it. Like, he's hot right now. You got to ride him. So we did. And the more we rode him, the better he got. Like, I started following his save percentage uh, every game, that stat. And um, it just kept going up and up and up. And that's kind of a good trajectory. That's a trajectory we wanted for him. We're still trying to get him to average around that 78, 79%. That seems to be, you know, a good average for a goalie. And then you got the elite levels like the Wards and the Vinces, you know, they get in that 80 to lower 80s. Uh, Jameson's in that market as well. But not everybody has a goalie like that. And we're not expecting this Steve, you know, Steve to be that right away. But we want to give him every opportunity to, to develop as quickly as possible. Um, and he seemed to enjoy it. To be honest, we, you know, we communicate with him all season and said, hey, look, if it's too much, let us know. He said, no, I can handle it. I can do it. And he really rose to the occasion in our minds. And then you add a little depth uh, at that position as well with Will Johnson, who I think is is going to be a, a real good one as well, Jim. And, and time to kind of bring him along under both Steve, who's still very young, and Goa, who... You know, listen, uh, he took his team to the to the President's Cup gold medal game as well and, and, and looked really good all summer long. So I think goaltending maybe in the past for the Riptide has been a bit of an issue, but I think coming into this year, I, it very well may be one of your strengths. And, you know, looking at this Riptide team and, and the buildup of it, how much do you think the experience for a guy like Orleman and, and some of these younger guys that have kind of cut their teeth in the league maybe a little bit sooner than they were expected to has, is going to pay off for you coming into this year. Yeah. Some growing pains there, but now these guys know what to expect coming into another year training camp with the rigors of a full season are like, how much is that experience and, and maybe a little bit of that pain going to carry you forward into this year? Well, you nailed it right there. I mean, you can add our coaching staff to that as well, right? Like uh, Dan Lattister has never been a head coach. I thought he did a fantastic job with our group just, you know, from the inside, looking at the way he handles players, the way he handles game time, uh, game preparation, uh, game time decisions. Uh, and then, you know, we had rookie assistant coaches. We had, um, who's never been in the league, and Jason Crosby and Pat Jones. And, 
you know, both of them also were newbies, uh, not to mention a lot of the rookies that we had in our lineup, including Orleman. Um, but you got Borgatti, you had Mourinho, um, a lot of those guys, and a lot of guys without that many minutes. Sundown was another rookie. Uh, Kernan didn't have very many minutes yet, um, but and Fox included. Yeah. So you can look up and down our lineup at guys that didn't have much NLL experience, but going into this year, that's where the excitement starts. Uh, you know, starting with our coaching staff, they're really excited to bring guys in. We're not starting from scratch. We're not introducing a new system. These guys understand what the expectations are and um, our expectations are playoffs. To be honest, we, we want to make playoffs. Um, and then anything can happen if you ask me. And of course, part of that, uh, that experience and that continuity team was your probably your biggest free agent signing was getting back your captain, Dan McRae, who, to be frankly honest, was a non-franchisable UFA. He could have gone anywhere he liked. What does Dan see, I guess, going forward that makes him want to stay in New York? I, I think he sees the vision that we have. Like I said, uh, we communicate with our players really well, and that's, you know, led by Dan Lattisar and He's, you know, we, he allows players in on a lot of decisions, not that they're making decisions, but their input is very important to us. Um, and so maybe I, I think veteran guys like that. I think Dan McCray kind of sees himself as possible coach in the future in the league. So he wants to know, he wants to know what's the inside stuff and how are decisions made. And we're kind of, you know, allowing him some of that information. I think he likes that. We also had Damon Edwards sign back with us, Colin Crawford signed back with us. They all three of them were free agents, as you said, and um, we think they sort of see where we're going, where we're headed, and they want to be part of that excitement. And like, like we've all said, you know, if we can just make playoffs, then anything can happen. And I think they believe in that as well. Yeah, and and I'm looking up and down the roster here as we speak with Jim Bellman, GM of the New York Riptide, and with that youth and inexperience, you do have to have some veteran experience and leadership on that roster to balance things out. And I think there's a really nice, healthy mix here, Jim, when I'm looking at with Brownell and Callum and Digger, Damon, like these guys have, have been there and done it. They know what it takes to, to win in this league and help those young guys along and mature and to come along and pull on the rope in the same direction here. Yeah, that's the way I like to build our teams. Um, you know, my team anyways, is just you have that excited rookie who's in the lineup, but then you have those middle tier guys um, that are three, four year guys. And then you have your veteran guys to kind of show the way. Um, and we really like the leadership that Dan McCray and Damon Edwards and Calvin Crawford and, you know, and now adding Brunel, I've, I've really liked my conversations with him so far. He's really excited to join our group as well. And then we added Jordy Jones Smith recently from Saskatchewan. Yeah, I didn't Not even get to mention player, him. Yeah, but you know he's he's worked his way into a very good defense, uh, and in our minds, you know he may be a eight to eleven guy on his team, but in our team, that becomes a five to eight guy. Um, so we're happy to add him as well. Even Thorbert, Jimmy, um, I thought was a major impact for you guys in the faceoff dot and and. It seems like almost as his career goes along, he's getting better at playing defense as well, where you can trust this guy out on the floor in a lot of situations. Yeah, I was surprised like you were. I mean, he, to be honest, he was kind of a throw-in in the Rochester deal we made. But I like Jay from my you know time in New England. I coached him there. A great attitude, uh, comes to the rink prepared. Um, he was in phenomenal shape at the beginning of last year. And I think that was the secret of his success. 
in New England, he was kind of losing a step here and there. Mm. Um, but with us, when he came to New York, I was surprised that he kind of took care of that game. And that kind of shows you what kind of character he is, right? He does. He's not just satisfied. He's not just, well, hey, if I can hang on for one more year. He's excited to play. And, you know, in this summer, he won his first man cup. And that was pretty exciting for him. And he played a significant role on a sure very did. good team. So, yeah. you know, those are two good seasons for him in my mind with the NLL season with us and the uh, MSL season with the, with the Lakers. Let's take a look at your schedule and you don't actually even play a road game until late January, but you end the season with four in a row on the road. Is there any added pressure to get to a hot start to alleviate any potential pressure at the back end of that schedule? No, you know what? Home game, away game doesn't really matter to us. I mean, this is a tough league. It's a tough league to win in any building. And we showed last year that we can go to a building. We went to Buffalo and beat them. Like, who would have thought that? So, you know, it's that kind of game. As you guys know, you guys have been around long enough to know that home field advantage, it's not like basketball. It's not like, you know, everybody's right on top of you on the court, yelling in your ear when you're taking a foul shot. You're protected by the glass, by the boards. And it's actually a rallying call when you can go into a loud building and quiet their crowd. And a lot of players, you know, they take a lot of pride in that. And coming away with a victory on the road, I I would say is not as hard in this sport as it it would be in some other sports. Interesting take there, Jim. Uh, and, And listen, let's not make any bones about it. You guys want more fans in your building for a home floor advantage. Um, you know, that's when it really starts to kick in when the building is really packed and really loud and, and kind of on top of you there. And that's something that I know, you know, yourself, Rich Lisk, uh, have been working hard on and you brought our boy in there and Tyson Geick as well to, to help things along, Jim. But you know, what, what are, what's going on behind the scenes to, to try and get more fans in the building for, for Riptide game? Well, the hire of Tyson's really, you know, integral to our, social media and, and things like that, that he does. He does a bang on job. Um, and Rich actually just gave us an update. We had a team call just last week with all the players and stuff. And at the end, just to get guys excited about, you know, coming back to training camp and, and back to the Nassau Coliseum, I asked Rich if he could go through ticket sales and stuff. And he says, ticket sales have been phenomenal. We, we have these boxes that are right against the glass. And last year, I believe we sold eight of them. This year we've sold 23 and that was really exciting. Awesome. Uh, where you're kind of given like a space of about eight seats and you got your own kind of bar situation where you can be brought drinks and that kind of thing right up against the glass. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool for our fans. And also, uh, you know, one of our ticket sales agents, actually, I believe it was a woman and she was, um, you know, ranked third in all the NLL ticket sales. So that was kind of a feel good story that we heard from Rich on our team call last week. In terms of training camp, when are you guys getting started? How many guys are you bringing in? What are we looking at? Uh, we're bringing in 32 guys, uh, obviously for 25 spots, 21 active and four practice rosters. And, you know, and, and we're starting in New York with physicals and a couple practices. And then we're kind of bouncing around in Southern Ontario a bit. We're at the ILA the second weekend, the third weekend we're in Brampton. And the fourth weekend we are at um, – at the uh, track in Oakville. So the last two weekends is when we're actually going to have exhibition. We're games. actually going to have exhibition games in those two weekends. And you know who you're playing, who you, who you squaring up against? Yeah. Our exhibition games are against Panther city and the Toronto rock. Okay. 
Good to know. Good to know. Uh, and and listen, I'm I'm just going up and down your roster here, Jim, and I'm and I'm looking at some of the guys that don't have their profile pick yet beside their name. Peter Durth, uh, Dylan Malloy's got one, but Chris Gray. There's you know a guy that just lit up NC2A field lacrosse. Uh, Horsley, uh, Kaminga, Jack Kelly. I'm going down the list here. Brian Rice, another guy that has been looking to get a crack at this league. Out of all those kind of guys that the new crop of guys that you just don't really, you haven't seen in the league a whole lot here, who are you most excited to to get your eyeballs on coming into training camp? I think Mason Kaminga has a lot to offer. Uh, I really liked what I saw when he was playing for Six Nations uh, in the summer. Um, you know, he's a big, strong, kind of a, got that nasty edge to him that we uh, we like. Uh, Laddie likes that in his coaching. Um, and you know what? Dylan Malloy is a big body as well. He played for Chrome in the PLL. We like, we think some of what he can do there can translate well into our league. And he's a, again, a big righty body. Uh, and we're bringing in Jack Kelly, which uh, was our draft pick a couple of years ago. He went back to school and now he tells me that he's just, you know, chomping at the bit to get ready. And he's, um, he's ready to go. Apparently. One of the things I was going to ask you, of course, as the longtime loose ball king of the NLL, we're seeing a recent trend, especially with guys like Zach Courier, Reed Bowering, getting a lot more attention than guys in the past have with that particular skill set. What do you think it is that it has now shone the lights on this particular group of guys? Well, I think their lights have fast. Um, but what they can do, too, is, you know, in transition is where you get a lot of opportunities. And maybe a lot of people don't understand, but five on five, you know, it's not easy to score. It's those transition odd man situations where you get good uh, production out of your team. And usually when you look at the stat line, five on five, you're pretty much even. It's the transition goals that uh, make a big difference. So I think uh, both Zach and Reed are, you know, awesome. We have we have Scott Dominey in our team who does that job for us. And we think Ron John can too and a few others. Um, but these guys excel at that. And to me, I, I, I think it's an exciting part of the game. A lot of fans don't necessarily understand the five on five part, but they sure understand when there's a two on one and a guy just flying down the floor and puts it in the top corner. Hey, do you think loose ball stats should be separate for face off guys and say the ball team? Like for a guy 100%. that yeah for the for a guy that picked up as many as he did and I I think you took some draws Jim but nowhere you weren't predominantly a face off guy and I just I don't know man like I I look at records and and all time stats and I think to myself there's got to be some sort of separation there between guys that just take draw after draw after draw and, and pick up loose balls compared to a guy like yourself or a Reed or a Courier that doesn't take draws but are continually up there in the loose ball totals. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I can argue this for about an hour maybe with people who don't feel the same way, but yeah. to me, a face-off is not a loose ball. It's it's a static ball. It's it's a ball that's just sitting there and you got only one person against it, where a loose ball is could be anywhere. And you got to track it. There's so many, to me anyways, there's so many more skills that go into that in terms of where is it going to go? Where is it going to be? Who's going to come out with it? Uh, how am I going to you know pick up this ball with two guys on my arms? Um, those kinds of things come into play, but I don't know. You could, yeah, I think I had this debate with Jeff Snyder one time on a podcast and, uh, I think we went at it for about 45 minutes. <laughs> I should probably slap myself. I don't even think I mentioned Brody Merrill and 
all those loose ball guys there we were just talking about <laughs> the king the king of it all uh jim listen uh thanks so much for doing this best of luck with your new york riptide this upcoming season we need to do this more often keep that tyson geiken line back there and uh yeah like i said man best of luck with the riptide this season we'll be watching no, I appreciate you. This, you know, this is great that you guys are doing this. A little feature on every team. I'll be listening for sure. Appreciate it. Uh, there you go, Jim Veltman, GM of the New York Riptide, and Evan. I know, like when when people listen to Jim talk, and he's, you know, I think Brad asked him a question about loose balls one time. He said it was like one of his favorite answers he ever got about how to execute or how to pick up a loose ball or how to know where to be when to get a loose ball. You're not going to find insight like that from, from anybody better than a guy like Jim Veltman, who was the best to ever do it. Yeah. I mean, it's a combination of great hands and even better anticipation, right? That's it. That's it. The anticipation man is off the charts, just knowing where to be and when to be there. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, the, he had the coaching experience there with New England and, you know, good, bad, indifferent, whatever it was. I think the GM role for Jim Veltman is a much more suited role for him where he can kind of evaluate things, take his time, build this thing the way he envisions it. And for a guy that's won as many championships as he does, he knows what it takes to build a winning team. And it may yep. take another year or two, even three there in New York, but if they let this guy steer the ship and, and trust in Jim Veltman's vision, I think the Riptide are going to rise to the top eventually. Yeah, especially with the guy that understands the back door, right? This like They've got superstars almost through their entire front door lineup. Yeah. It's the back door they need to focus on, and you've got a great guy that can do it. But let's put it this way. If, if there's a team with the most potential upside this season, it's the Riptide. I'm excited to watch the Riptide. I mean, anytime you you get a chance to watch a couple of guys like Callum and Jeff Teat, but like just put lay down the over every single time on these guys because I don't oh, they, scoring they play goals. San Diego game one. Think yeah. about what the over under. Oh man, the total is going to be crazy, absolutely <laughs> crazy. All right, Evan, let's take a break. Let's move to quarter number three. Head coach and general manager, the Philadelphia Wings. The city of Philadelphia right now is going. Berserk. Eagles, Phillies, Flyers. It's all working in Philadelphia right now. Can the Wings join the party? We'll find out after halftime here on Lacrosse Classified. Hey, this is Mike Kersey, head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. Halftime is now over. Third quarter action is a go. It's Jake. It's Evan. It's Stampede Tack and OL season previews. Mentioned Wrangler in quarter number two. Brand new Blundstones available here in quarter number three. Stampede.ca. All the new styles are right there for your viewing and footwear pleasure. Nothing beats a good, comfortable, functional pair of boots. Blundstones check all the boxes, and you can get them at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Back on the podcast, head coach, general manager of the Philadelphia Wings. And I don't, do you got a pair of Blundstones, Paul Day? I don't, but uh, I do actually think they're great. Um, 
it's funny when I've been, been out scouting out west oh for a long time I always drive up drive by there and I always think I should stop in and uh, I never have well but, you uh, can stop in online where it's still it's like you're there shopping online is like shopping local Paul and they'll ship them right to your door brand new pair of blundstones uh, maybe drop lax class or, or my name and uh, who knows you might get a little discount there just saying uh, but good, enough about good. blundstones man you were back in Philadelphia over the weekend and had a little free agent tryout camp uh, a lot of americans all americans there trying to earn a spot to main camp for the wings uh how the weekend go any diamonds in the rough uh, you're bringing along to main camp you know what it went really well and uh you know i think it's the second year in a row we've done it um pretty important i think you know you got to give these guys a lot of respect there's a lot of guys that are have played in the all they drive up in the winter time they play in senior b leagues all across North America, some travel out west to play in the WLA, Senior B in BC, and uh, they love the box game. And then, you know, there's some new guys that are PLO guys that, because they're friends on teams with some of the Canadian guys, they're they're interested in, in in the NLL. And I think the league needs to get back to that for expansion. And you know, obviously, we're a team with you know six or seven Americans every year, and they just get better every year. And uh, you know, we're excited to we'll bring four or five to our main camp. Uh, from that weekend and uh, excited to see how they do against the, uh, you know, the veterans. What are the numbers? How many guys are you bringing in for, for the main one? We go pretty light. So uh, we'll have, including our goalies, uh, we'll have about 28 guys at our main camp. And, uh, you know, I think it's, that's another reason we get our rookies, our, our draft picks uh, to the, to the rookie and free agent camp. So we can kind of get into their, brain how we want to play and they get a you know they get a full weekend four or five times on the turf before uh for our regular camp i think that's important too another reason we really like it and but we keep our, our camp pretty light because we want to work on our you know we want to work on our chemistry right away and i think we know we're pretty confident with our every team is confident with their you know their top 18 to 20 guys and then it's going to be the younger guys are kind of in that role between roster guys and uh, practice roster, but we know how important our, our four practice roster guys are, you know, to our, our, our teams and the NLL, they, they're, they're going to play a lot and uh, just due to back-to-backs and injuries. So it's important to, to get that chemistry going. And, you know, I, I don't think, I don't believe in bringing 40 guys to camp because um, I really don't think it does a lot for your group. You spoke about how many Americans you have. And of course you got the, free agent carousel going this summer with big signing of Joe Terrence. Of course, he lost Kevin Crowley, but realistically, the games are fairly similar, so you really don't have to adjust your offense all that much from shifting from one to the other. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, I think Kevin's obviously, he's a playmaker, and, uh, you know, Joey's a goal scorer, and uh, he loves to score goals, and he plays really fast. We've got Matt Rambo on the right, on the left side, right side, whatever you want to say. Lefty who plays fast and attacks, but we really needed a body that played fast and attack uh, from our right-handers to give Ben McIntosh, you know, Kyle Matisse, other guys, uh, an opportunity to, to play without the ball. So, yeah, he, you know, I've been around Rezzy oh, since we traded for him in Roch, and he's an energy guy too, which is so important for our room. thought we kind of lacked that last year a little bit, and that, that kind of positive, always excitable, energy and another reason we really wanted Tuts. Tuts is a guy that 
on the bench, on the floor, in the room, practice at dinner. He gets the guys going, and I think that's so important. You know, when February and March, April come, February and March are tough, tough months in the NLL. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of travel and uh, uh, guys, you know, they're working full-time jobs, so it's not glamorous. A lot of snowstorms, and you need some energy and some some real positivity around the team. So, you know, and, and you add Joey Rez to the group, and you, we can't not talk about Jeff McComb coming in from Saskatchewan yeah. for us. Really yeah. important. Really, I'm really excited to to be able to add him and, uh, you know, kind of focus on being a head coach. Uh, I had a lot of fun last year, but at the end of the day, when you don't get a lot of time to, to talk to the rest of the team or just quietly talk to a guy, uh, in practice or on the bench after a shift because you're focused on what's coming next. So I'm excited to get Jeff into the mix with uh, Ian Rubel. And, uh, you know, I play against Jeff. He's a year younger than me. So I was playing minor lacrosse and junior lacrosse against Jeff since we were probably, you know, 10, 11 years old. Uh, honestly, man, you're going to love having Jeff McComb on your bench. And I think when Jeff McComb can focus strictly on offense – that is where he's going to excel, and uh, he's going to be a huge addition to your lineup. But, you know, you're, you're mentioning these guys here, Paul, uh, Joe Resiteritz and Kyle Matisse and um, a couple of these guys, Chad Tutton. It just uh, made me just click in here a little bit. Congratulations, man, on another Man Cup championship. Uh, fourth in a row, Peterborough Lakers, GM of the Lakers as well. Tell me now, Coach Day, how, how many – Man Cup rings is that for you now? It's just four. I lost three or four <laughs> as a player or coach before. So just uh, four, just yeah. Four. No, I, uh, what? How about that series though? Seven games, bang up there in in, in the borough, man. That I looked like a heck of a series from from watching from that afar. was. Yeah, and I don't. Most people would probably agree. Really good lacrosse, and uh, yeah, it was exciting. It was a great series. It was. Uh, they were a real nice team, and. Uh, you know, they played fast. I really, you know, obviously hard series for us, yeah. for them. Well, we'll um, see you in Langley next summer. How about it? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I know it was really, really good lacrosse. And, uh, yeah, we're fortunate enough. Our board, like people talk about our team, our players and all that. But, I mean, the guys who run the show, you know, Mark Vitarelli, uh, John Grant Sr., Bobby Allen, Johnny D'Alto, these, there's all, all these guys, Lenny Powers, a bunch of them are in lacrosse Hall of Fames. And, they're the ones behind the scenes doing the work at the sponsors. People make fun of our jerseys and stuff all the time, but you know, we're pretty fortunate to have the support we do in Peterborough, these <laughs> businesses. Make all the fun you want. If you can afford yeah, you to make, bring yeah, it. And I kind of laugh at it all the time. I'm thinking any team in lacrosse in Canada in the summertime. They should all be doing would, it. Every single and, one of them should be doing it, Paul. Yeah. And everybody that kind of chirps it online, the number of calls and texts I get from people that run junior organizations and or senior and say how do you, how do you get all the sponsors do yeah and i just say talk oh. to these people on the board i have no idea yeah, it works <laughs> i get the players you put but in the work I, I, yeah. that is i mean yeah. the, the, the easy answer is you put in the work you build relationships you pound on doors you pick up the phone and and you put in the time and effort to to go out and get get it done i mean it's that simple and i think peterborough does that better than anybody in lacrosse uh yeah, quite frankly another thing too about coming to like the fans came back. I mean, we got a, it's an older community in Peterborough. Yeah. And that's the most fans. They had over 4,000 one night for a game. And I don't ever remember them announcing more than 3,900 and change. And uh, I mean, I always tell the guys when we trade for them, they come to Peterborough. Like, you bring your bag to the rink for your first game, and then you take your sticks home and your shoes. And our equipment men 
they take your gear everywhere. It's like they're, you're treated better than an NL team. It's that's unbelievable. It, so, well, let's get back. Are... Let's get back to the NLL here, team. Uh, that was <laughs> just a congratulations to you, though. Uh, you lose Corey Small. I'm looking at this left-hand side here. Rambo, Reardon, KJ. I think you can probably pencil those three in. The battle for the fourth spot there on the left-hand side, who is this going to come down to? So Hunter, Hunter and Mew uh, is uh, another American guy, but he grew up playing box lacrosse in in uh, you know in Canada. He never played field lacrosse till high school, so he's a box lacrosse guy. Um, he played Oakville Senior B this year, which was great for him. Played with uh, Andrew Q. Big body. We had him in camp this weekend. He's a physical inside presence. So, I mean, we're looking forward to him developing. And, uh, you know, another guy who boxes his first game for a field. So, um, but like I said, big, strong inside presence. And, uh, yeah, you can kind of pencil him in there. And uh, we're excited to uh, to add him in. And, uh, you know, we're still talking to some other guys about, you know, coming just in case. And uh, But like I said, we're going to keep a pretty small camp. So. We don't want to, you know, we want to make sure that Blaze, Rambo, KJ, Hunter, they get as many touches as they can in camp and, and gain that chemistry. Let me get this in, Evan, before I forget. Can you give me a status update on the big Bubba, Brock Sorensen, who has not patrolled an NLL turf in, in quite some time and a lot of injuries. He moved to L.A., a lot of things going on in his life, but he's sitting there on, on your website, on the roster. Can we expect to see Brock Sorensen? attend training camp and play this year yeah i mean that's still a question mark last year you know obviously he didn't come back to peterborough um you know he's working his way towards it last yeah he didn't play this year so he was working his way back towards us last year and then you know he started a new job ended up uh buying a property in in florida and uh, was working on that so i think that's a question mark okay. and uh we'll know we'll know a little more in the next uh, three weeks of course, one of the guys Jake mentioned before, Kyle Jackson. You know, he, sorry, I, I missed that. Sorry, yeah. Uh, one of the guys Jake mentioned before is Kyle Jackson, and here's a guy that, well, a you picked up for free as a street free agent. Um, had his struggles in Halifax, you know, barely cracked the lineup, and then he comes to Philadelphia, and he's had some of the best games he had in years. What was this? What what changed over those few weeks? That went from a struggle to near greatness. Well, I think we needed, like, we needed Kyle as much as he needed us. Like, we needed some uh, another guy who plays really fast, and uh, obviously, you know, coming from from a situation where he wasn't a playing, it's a new, it's just a new group. Whether it just fit better, um, obviously, he was a great fit with that group in Halifax or Rochester before. I think we we're just a better fit for him. He was a better fit for us, and. You know, it's kind of breath of fresh air for him uh, coming to a new place and, uh, you know, could kind of maybe play more with the ball. I think he's a lot better with the ball than than being a guy without it. The great thing is when he doesn't have it, he's constantly moving, he's fast, and he's super, has a huge lacrosse IQ. So. Hard to check. And I, yes. Hard to check. Very hard. Uh, here with but, Paul Day. Sorry, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I'd spent a couple years with him before, and I mean, he's one of those guys. He can, he can kind of do it all, and... Uh, another energy guy that we kind of needed. So we were pretty stale. Uh, you know, we had about four games in a row were really stale. And at the time, a bad game against Buffalo was the week before the trade deadline. So it kind of was perfect timing to make some changes. Yeah. I'm looking at the back end here a little bit. 
you, you know what you're getting out of guys like Shul. I'm missing and, you guys here. Uh, sorry, we're probably just a bit of a sketchy connection. Hopefully you got us here. But I'm looking at Shul and Kreppensack and Lordy and these guys that have been around the league for a long time. Johnny Rannigan, I think you can put in that category as well. Um, but it's the the next tier, that kind of that second tier, the the Davis Allens, the the Steph Charbonneaus, the Alex Paces. How high is the ceiling for these guys? And you know what? I expect maybe your expectation of these guys is a little bit higher coming into this year as well. Well, I think too for uh, you know a guy like Pacer playing in the summer in Peterborough, and winning a championship was hugely important for him, and having getting some chemistry with you know with Tuts, uh, bringing Tuts in with. Randy, they were roommates before IDA and Trevor Baptiste. I mean, I think the the amount of confidence they gained last year because um, they had to play every night. They played every situation, and I think it was huge for us. So, again, I mean, I think, you know, the American guys come in really good athletes, but they get better every year. Um, you know, they never played junior lacrosse, so their ceiling, we think, is, is you know, they're probably at about 60% of what they can be in the NLL. So I think that, that speaks – great for some of our, our young guys moving forward are you at a point now are you at a point now with baptiste where you fully trust him playing a, a shift of defense all the time now like but when he first broke in paul i'm sure it was like okay you win the draw get the ball into the offense and, and get off you lose the draw get off sort of thing but now like I feel like even if he doesn't win the draw which he more often than not does you're okay with baptiste picking up a check back there on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, last year he played a regular shift and plays hard. He's smart. He's always wanting to learn. And, uh, you know, I think uh, he had a defensively, you know, he had a, he had a great year for us. Um, you know, late in the game, sometimes we'll just use him on faceoffs because it gets exhausting. Guys will know, like when he's going against Wiz and when he's going against uh, Joe in, uh, in Albany. Yeah those guys are going so hard at each other that they can really fatigue. So there's an opportunity to give them a breather, but you know, him and IDA, you know, after we lost in San Diego in the playoffs, you no know, kind of talk, everybody in the room talked and, you know, Ian Rubel said to both of them, Hey, the improvement last, you know, was great. And, uh, you know, I think uh, adding another veteran this year to our defense is really going to help them as well. Last year, there was the freak injury to Zach Higgins. And of course, goaltending is such a mental position. When something like that happens, like how did it shake his mentality? Well, the, you know what? The first, I think we, geez, I can't remember. That was our third game. I think it was our third game. But the first two we won. And uh, he was playing really well in Toronto. And then that happened. And it was that three-week break over Christmas. So two weeks off of game, you know, to kind of talk to him during the holidays and he was feeling great and feeling better. And then the day before we were to fly to Philly, he got COVID on top of that, which actually might've been a blessing. blessing in so he got four weeks off and he came back and I'll say it right now. I thought he played better, even though we'd only played three or four games before that. I thought he played better as the year got went on and on and on. So um, I think that having that four weeks off, three full weeks off after their injury was, was really helpful to him and, I don't think it affected him at all. And I'm pretty excited to see him this year because, you know, we got to spend another, hey, you got to go out West, play in New West, yeah. or play in that league, which, you know, I got to do it once. And it's great. It's That's another, you know, you're not riding the buses all summer and sweating in Ontario. So I think that's that's <laughs> that's going to be really, it's just going to be refreshing for a guy yeah. like that. So. And Ang Bang uh, healthy once again and, and planning to back up Higgy this year? 
Yeah, that's the plan. And Gus, he's such a great team player. And, you know, he spent the summer playing in Ganawagi. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to get those two back in the room. Uh, training camp just a couple of weeks away now, Paul. What is the plan for the Philadelphia Wings over the, the course of the month? Are they going to start out in Philly and then uh, venture into Ontario for a couple of exhibition games? What's the plan there? Yeah, we're actually fortunate. We're going to be in Philly. And then uh, for our last two weekends, we're going to go to Buffalo on the big floor with the Bandits get three or four practices in and play them on a Sunday afternoon. And then the next week, uh, I don't think it's been announced yet, but uh, I think in the spring I reached out to John Arlotta and said, hey, why don't we head up to Onondaga and do something oh, you know, with the Thompsons. And uh, so we're, we're going to try and put a pretty special weekend on in Onondaga the last weekend and uh, play Georgia at some point as well. Need so we an announcer for that one, Polly. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that's, I, I mean, I got to, you know, 2011, 15, sorry. The Worlds were there and that's the best Worlds I'd been to. That was outstanding the yeah. way they put that on. So I thought, you know, for both of us, we always, you know, we're pretty tight with the Georgia coaches and John runs a great organization. So we're pretty, uh, you know, we're pretty excited to spend the weekend with them and get up to Onondaga. And for us, for all of us, it's a drive, you know, same as the Philly guys, it's an easy drive. And I think that's great for their community. They've done so much for lacrosse. Of course, your first round draft pick this year, Tagger Clark, he was a bit of an anomaly in that everybody else who had a father owner or a father GM were of course taking their sons. Well, not everybody. Bit... I think there was six of them and four oh, went no, to... Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah there's uh, another one. I can't, I can't remember. Went elsewhere. Yeah. But is it better for a player's development to not be in the father's position? Yeah, I think, you know, actually, it's funny. We interview guys before the draft, and I think he was, you know, someone that probably wanted to be elsewhere and maybe not. You know, that's a lot of pressure playing for your dad, too. You know, it's maybe different if you're the owner or president. Um, but when your dad's the GM and head coach, I think there's a lot of pressure on both of them. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we end up signing Joe, but Clark and I have a pretty good relationship and I got a lot of respect for Glenn Clark and, uh, he's a late bloomer. I think he teams get better and better. He gets bigger and I think it'll be, he'll be a great fit. He's in Pennsylvania going to school right now. So he's going to have to be in a Pittsburgh guy. He's going to have to switch to Wawa instead of, uh, sheets there the other place but uh it's a, that's a big battle in pennsylvania but i think it's going to be a great fit for us and uh you know i tell all these young guys when you draft them you know it's, they're big bodies and they play a lot of offense but just like dane smith first couple of years at the back door stay and play then you need to start doing that in the summer to to you know, to get an opportunity to play more or do something other than just run out the front door. Well, there's going to be a lot of pressure there in Philadelphia, Paul. I'm looking around, you know, Flyers off to a good start. Phillies are upsetting uh, baseball playoffs. Eagles are undefeated here. Philly is just on fire right now. You, you're going to have to step up here with the wings uh, to, to kind of keep pace with everybody else. That's what we expect, Jumbo. We're uh, pretty excited to get back to the city and, uh, you know, we think we've put a pretty good team together and, you know, we're excited to get back there and play and, uh, we're going to spend the first six weeks on the road or whatever it is. Well, I was going to say the schedule, man, because I remember talking to you about a year ago at this time and it wasn't exactly a favorable schedule for the wings last year. And now you're, you're, wasn't it the opposite where you played all your home games at the beginning of the season last year? Now you're telling me you're, you're on the road for the first six weeks of the season. Yeah, we were, I think we had to win four last year down the stretch and we played seven of our last eight 
on the road. And uh, so, hey, bring good character for our lads last year to win on the road there and get in the playoffs. But um, I think we only have three games on the road because of Christmas. But uh, I don't mind starting on the road. I think it's it's pretty good to to be able to get on the road as a group and get away from people and not worry about tickets. And uh, we get back January 14th. We're in Vegas just after Christmas. So we've got some good road trips and some good bonding in front of us. And, you know, I think uh, we got a pretty good schedule. We're, we're home all the months other than December, January, February, March, and April. That wasn't the case last year. So we're pretty excited about that. Well, I was going to ask you about the one in particular where, you have a, a it's a doubleheader home weekend, but of course it's Monday night lacrosse. I guess how did this come to be? Or was it just arena availability, or was it something designed to see what the market would do? Yeah, our Thursday last year, our Thursday night was really good. It was a different night, and uh, ticket wise, and it was really really good night. So I don't know exactly about the Monday night. Uh, I know that at least we're home Saturday. You know, and and we don't have to fly in on a Sunday for a Monday night game. But I'm not sure if that's an ESPN uh, plan or not. But I know TSN, ESPN. I'm sure they'd like us on other nights than Saturday night because it's pretty popular mm. with other sports. So, you know, hopefully that's the situation. Obviously, um, I'm not really involved in putting the schedule together. <laughs> Come on, you're right <laughs> there in Philly. You got lemons yeah. here. I'm sure you're you're right yeah. in there. No, I see the schedule when you guys see it pretty much. So uh, I don't even, I've got nothing to do with getting the dates either. You know, obviously that's our, our front office in the arena. So, hey, and we'll play lacrosse any night they want us in Philadelphia. If it's seven nights in a row, we'll be there. Anytime we can play, we'll be there. I love it. All right, Paul. Uh, I think we're just about, Evan, you good? I think I'm good. Uh, I'm good. All right, Paul, you're good. We're good. Philadelphia Wings are going to be good, and we look forward to a good season down there in the city of brotherly love. Thanks for doing this once again, and uh, congrats on another man cup, and best of luck with the Wings this coming season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on, and uh, thanks for everything you do for the game, boys. Our pleasure. Uh, there he is, Evan. Paul Day, I know he's one of your favorites. He's one of mine as mm-hmm. well. He's a, just a lacrosse lifer that just loves to talk lacrosse, coach lacrosse, watch lacrosse. Paul Day, uh, one of our favorites for sure here on Lax Class. Absolutely. I love to pick his brain anytime I can. And, you know, Philadelphia is one of those teams. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. It is such a beast it, in the East, Evan. Like, it you is. just look at the lineup up and down Buffalo, Toronto, Halifax, Philly, Albany. Like, there is New no. New York. Yeah, there is just no easy games in the East. I mean, in there the isn't. league for that matter, but the, the, the East is an absolute gauntlet. Like, uh, if I were to have a season prediction right now, it's here's the six teams I think can make the playoffs. Which ones are? I don't know. Yeah. And that's that's the thing about the East. Anything could happen. We will find out. Training camps get going in, well, less than two weeks, man. Uh, they're going to open up. They're going to run for about a month. And uh, then we'll be in to the regular season before you know it. We still have more teams to go to get through. We'll have those in the coming weeks as well. Uh, we still got the fourth quarter here. Two Lax Class locks are coming up in quarter number four. Keep it right here. EP 206 of Lax Class back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever growing fleet of equipment. 
Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Jeff Snyder. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the fourth quarter we go. No more breaks here on the podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, follow the podcast on social media, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter. You can follow Evan at Shem Lax. You can follow Tino at Ferratino. You can follow me at PXP for Sports. Got a Facebook page, email address, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Uh, Associated Labels and Packaging, you just heard right there from our good friends at ALP. AssociatedLP.com is the website. Check out the news tab for all their latest features and information regarding their products. Uh, always new stuff going up on Jam Label Design Trends of 2022. Evan, I know you'll be interested in that. Jam Label Design coming up there on uh, on the website at Associated LP. Associated LP, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and, of course, family-owned down there in Coquitlam with over 40 years of experience. Quarter four time, Evan. Uh, enough dilly-dallying around here. Let's just do this here. Lax class locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hear by the clap. Lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Lax Class Locks brought to you by CoolBet Canada, CoolBet.com. Bonus code is Lax Class. Take advantage of this. Free money, courtesy of CoolBet. Sign up. First time deposit up to $200. You put in the bonus code Lax Class. You get free money, courtesy of CoolBet. I was thinking about maybe just like firing up a ghost account or something, Evan. New email, <laughs> new bank information, uh, new sign-up, maybe get some more free money out of CoolBet. I I don't know what to do. Anyways, uh, I got my pick wrong. The Cowboys absolutely effed me. You said last week, you know, if you if you start off your pick by saying, I can't believe I'm doing this, then you probably shouldn't have done it. And uh, I probably wish you would have convinced me to do otherwise last week. So this week, Tino's not here. Edward Gaming put it to Cloud9 once again, by the way. Phil- Philadelphia beat the Cowboys. I don't know if I like that or don't like that. I, anyways, the, the parlay is all yours this week, Evan. Yep, and uh, I, I almost had to veto this because it's an all-soccer parlay, which <laughs> I feel extremely dirty about uh, allowing to happen here on the podcast. But I'm not a part of it. This is on you. Yeah. You you sell this, and I'm just going to sit back here and chill. Well, I, I was thinking about going back to the Canadian women's rugby team, but they're going to be such massive favorites. It's It would literally be adding uh, a hair to a new parlay. But Okay, well, you make that my pick. Can I get in on that, and I'll just take the Canadian women at minus 450 or whatever they are. Yeah, they're playing the U.S., and... Normally, Canada-U.S. is a pretty good uh, matchup, but Canada's just been so dominant in the back that they're just knocking everybody senseless backwards. Anyways, so what we've got this week is three 
significant favorites in soccer. We're going twice to Italy for Juventus to beat Empoli and uh, AC Milan to beat uh, Modena. And also, to throw a little Canadian flavor in there. Hang on, we'll... I want you to use your Italian accent when you're, <laughs> when you're announcing these no, teams. No, 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 no. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to go down that road because I don't want to have a whole bunch of hate mail coming back at me. But we're also going to put a little Canadian flavor. Alfonso Davies, the World Cup is about a month away. So him and Bayern Munich also to win. So is he, is he okay? He got kicked in no, the face. Yeah, no, he, he, he played last week. Okay. He did very well. In fact, played the whole 90 minutes. So, right, right. so you get three teams who are like a minus 250, a minus 200, a minus 182. Package it together. Cool Bet is offering you plus 260 to take three significant favorites. So here you go. Good opportunity. 20 bucks pays back 72 on three very significant favorites. Let's do this. All right. I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going all in on this, Evan, because I'm not a part of it. I, I need to find a way to like, you know, when I think to myself, okay, this football game, I like the Packers at minus five and a half. And I, and I, and I like the over in this game. So that's my initial feeling when I look at the better, whatever it may be. But then I need to find a way to go, okay, Jake, like if this is what you like, then pick the exact opposite because that is what's <laughs> going to happen. So I need to go the under and take the other team, whatever. the. That is how I need to rationalize my bet now. Do what I think and then do the exact opposite when I go to push the. So you hate this parlay, so this is exactly the one you should put money on. Yeah. Soccer, triple soccer parlay. I don't like this. But that's probably why it's going to win. So uh, stay cool. Bet responsibly. Coolbet.com. Bonus code LAXCLASS. Free money. Soccer parlay this week. Courtesy of Evan. All right, Evan. Uh, I think that is going to wrap up this week's podcast. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't bring the usual energy that I normally do. But uh, tough day. Let's just say that. Uh, we'll be back next week, every week, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. EP207 is next. And I don't think we mentioned this, but I'm going on vacation, not next week, but the following week. So I think we're going to try and get a bunch of interviews done. I'm going to send Tino kind of the the bare bones of the show. I might call in from Mexico. I'll give you the the account login and all that sort of stuff. And maybe we'll try and piece this thing together. While I'm down in uh, Cancun, Mexico. What do you think? You, you need to tape it from the poolside bar. Yeah. About three or four tequilas in. Uh, I'm thinking maybe like eight or nine. In, like <laughs> eight or nine in. So we'll work that out. But uh, what do we got coming up next week then? We got Las Vegas, right? They got to be one. And Halifax, is that the other? Uh, you think you're correct. Sounds right. I think it sounds right. We'll, uh, we'll have it for you either way. EP207 right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Big thanks to our sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, Rycor Construction, Associate Labels and Packaging, and Cool Bet Canada. Uh, big thanks to Jimmy Veldman and Paul Dave for stopping by the podcast, and to you, of course, a loyal listener, for checking out Lax Class each and every week. Now this episode is over. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jay Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.